0: Hello and welcome to the Culture Swally, a podcast dedicated to Scottish news and pop culture. And it's the second episode in our Swally Spooktacular. My name is Nikki, and I'm joined, as always, by the man who definitely doesn't have to worry about men wearing pig masks where he lives. It's Greg.
1: <laughs> How are you today, Greg? Uh, I'm fine. I, I am fine. All is well. Hopefully we... Good. Obviously we're trying a, a new... Uh, New means of communication today For our podcast So far It's been a bit dodged But hopefully it will see us through to the end
0: (laughs) Yeah We're trying a a new way of recording So let's see if it works In terms of I mean we're recording in the same way But obviously we're We're trying a different method Of being able to speak to each other And see each other And of course We couldn't have picked a worse episode Because I'd like to apologise to the listeners If I sound a bit funny On any points of this episode I've had mouth surgery this week So (laughs) I have a mouth full of stitches so if I'm slurring a little bit, I'm not drunk It's only 11.30 in the morning here But yeah, I've, I've got a mouthful of stitches So I'm not quite sure how well I'll sound So my apologies if uh, I'm offending anyone
1: I'm sure, I'm sure nobody will be offended I mean, the I thing is, but, but most of our listeners are probably Scottish anyway So they'll be used to people slurring on a Sunday morning, I'm sure
0: <laughs> That's very true Yeah, I never actually thought about that That is a very good point no uh, how's your week been? Anything exciting been happening? I saw that Glasgow's lost <sighs> out on the uh, yeah the
1: Eurovision. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, but what to do? I mean, Aberdeen. Obviously, we had the story about um, the big Eurovision fan in Aberdeen uh, a few months ago uh, who mm. was looking forward to coming to Aberdeen so we didn't have to travel. <laughs> um, yeah. Aberdeen's bid seemed to sort of run out of steam really quickly. It say literally... like I saw, like, one day they were in the running, and then all of a sudden it was just Glasgow and Liverpool were, like, the shortlist.
0: Yeah. I wonder if um, Aberdeen weren't really that arsed. I th- there was another city involved. Was it, like, Bristol or something? And I yeah. remember reading they spent, like, £35 on their bid, which... <laughs> Uh, you know, obviously, half arse. They've been mentioned in it. So, okay, right, we better put a bid in. Yeah, just uh, just print that off and laminate it and send it in. That'll do. So, I'm not sure if Aberdeen actually put a lot of effort into their bid. Yeah, but uh, who knows? I don't know.
1: Maybe they did. Don't know. Don't know. To be careful what we say, I guess, in case we're doing yeah. somebody a disservice. Um, something weird did happen to me this week. Uh, and I'm mm. curious to find out if it ever happened to you when you lived in the Middle East. So, when I lived in Kuwait years ago, I was putting my shopping in the back of the car one day in the supermarket car park and this guy stopped and asked for directions to the airport. So I pointed him in the mm-hmm. right direction and then he started to talk to me about, he said that he had this, a couple of designer suits that he just, he was, <laughs> that he's just given away, blah, blah, blah. Um, and like, you know, eventually I realized that he was, he said the you girl know, if I just gave him a little bit of money to buy his wife a gift from the airport, so have any cash and all that. And I was like, Yeah, fuck off. You know what I mean? Got my car drove away. So then in Dubai last week, exactly the same thing happened. Mm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Obviously a different guy, but exactly the same thing mm. happened. So I mentioned it to my boss, Martin, and he said, mm. That scam's been going since the nineteen eighties. Mm. It's like a classic scam. So the Yeah. You ever anybody ever try it on with you?
0: Did it happen to me? No, I don't think it ever happened to me. There's there's three scams that go on Mm. in Dubai, effectively that are very they've been going on for years. There's the you'll have an old guy come up to you. It's usually in a supermarket car park as well, as you Mm say. And he'll have like a he'll lift up his shirt and he'll have like a bloody bandage, (laughs) but it's 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 fake. And he'll say he needs an operation, money. Yeah. Uh, The other famous one is there'll be a guy. It's usually like a, a Saudi plate. Um, a guy with his wife and kids in the car and they say they've run out of petrol, they need money, can you give them some money for petrol? And the third famous one is these Italian suits, which is, yeah, it's a guy that's been at a fashion exhibition and he's got leftover suits, needs to get rid of them. Very famous scam, Mm. been going on for years. And I remember one day at my old job, um, one of the guys came in to work on like the Sunday morning and said, how was your weekend? He said, oh, it was great. I I bought these two (laughs) Italian designer suits off this guy. (laughs) He Was at this exhibition on the way to the airport, and we're like, Oh no, Bernard, you didn't, did you? He's like, Oh yeah, but they're, no, they're Armani. And I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> if you peel off that label, they're probably Primark or yeah. something. <laughs> so, very famous scam that's
1: been uh, going on for years. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's such a bizarre one, you know. What I mean, yeah.
0: so what color suits did
1: you get? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm uh, I think, I don't know, I mean, I'm quite good. Uh, But even if I I don't sort of see the scam coming immediately, it usually doesn't take me long. It helps being a sort of naturally jaded, cynical person. You know what I mean? Mm. People might think you're a miserable bastard, but on the other hand, it's very difficult to take advantage of you.
0: (laughs) And you do become so heightened awareness of these things. Uh, I think it was last year I got a phone call in Amsterdam from... It's a electric car company that we use for, um, you know, in Amsterdam, you, they have these electric cars yeah. all over the street and you can hire them per minute and you just, you know, drive to your destination. And one of the companies I use, they called me to say, hey, congratulations, you've won two tickets to the F1 because of this. And instantly I was like, oh. no thanks. <laughs> and they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, "Yeah." Because my first thought is, I it's a scam. But I was like, look, like, I'm not really an F1 fan mm. anyway, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. Got off the phone and my wife's like, why didn't you take them? Like, you could have sold them. And I was like, but I, I don't want to take the risk mm. of giving... Because then I'm going to have to give my details and stuff. And yeah. so
1: I was like, yeah, I'm just wary of stuff like that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I get like, you. Because a lot of the banks use, like, an OTP now, you get a lot of phone calls from people saying that they've won. Like, we used to get a call quite a regularly in Q8 saying that we'd won some, like, load of money, they like, like random. Mm. So sort of the, the bank are randomly, randomly selecting people to give them, like, a hundred grand, and we were one of the lucky ones. And, and I'm like, well, if you're calling from the bank, why do you need me to give you an OTP? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a fuck... And and these scams are never realistic,
0: you know. Like F one tickets is quite realistic, yeah, yeah. but the um, you know, you've won a hundred thousand pounds. <laughs> oh,
1: right, great, yeah. thanks, <laughs> So I really believe that. I'll take it in the fifties and, <laughs> and I'll come around and collect it. So oh wow yeah, so yeah that's my little bit, very famous scam. That's my little bit of excitement uh, this week. It was just that was I was sort of amused that it was just exactly it was exactly the same. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the yeah. only person that's that someone's tried that on with, or like a random person has tried that on with more than once. Because there's obviously like a, a number yeah. of people that do it. You know, fucking yeah, cunts. oh
0: no, definitely. It's it's probably handed down by generations as well. <laughs> and it's just this group that go round with all these dodgy yeah. Italian
1: suits to to sell to unsuspecting punters and tourists. Well, I I was thinking to myself I mean, this can't ever work. But then you just told me that your old old buddy (laughs) Bernard's got he managed to get cunted off by one of (laughs) those (laughs) guys genuinely
0: and he came in so pleased with himself that he'd managed to get this bargain of these Italian
1: suits (laughs) (laughs) oh poor birdie never mind yeah (laughs) so i was going to say shall we shall we do some news let's have a look at what's been happening in scotland this week greg hear the jingle hello this is the outer hebrides broadcasting corporation and here is what's been going on in the news
0: Okay, Greg. So, what have you seen this week in Scotland that has caught your eye, and you want to share with me and our listeners?
1: Well, now, all the um, now all the hoopla over the the royal funeral and everything seems to be seems to have died down. There's been. Quite mm. a selection of good, kind of swally-centric uh, stories in the, in the news. Of the, I was, sort of spoil, I was, I was mm. going to spoil for choice, which I haven't been, I haven't been spoiled for choice for a long time. And, um, but this one was one of my favorites. So it, it comes from the Scottish Sun, um, on the 30th of September, about a week ago. Uh, the headline is down the kegs. <laughs> man tries to stuff six-litre tenant's keg down the front <laughs> of his trousers, uh, gloriously. The moment is captured on CCTV, um, the guy's oh, wow. the guy's face has been pixelated out. Um, but there's a great shot of him. They try to stuff this like, well, what is essentially a big can of tenants dead the <laughs> front of his jeans. It's a uh, staff at uh avi's, uh avi's Nisa local store in Nith Hill in Glasgow were shocked when they spotted the attempted theft on CCTV. The CCTV shows the man with his hood up, because <laughs> that's going to make him less conspicuous <laughs> with his hood up. <laughs> with his hood up, he <laughs> manages to get that six-year keg down in front of his strides. The CCTV image shows a man with his hood up standing beside the alcohol fridge. He can be seen trying to shove the keg of lager down in front of his trousers in an attempt to hide it. But the bonkers raid was foiled after staff noticed the attempted theft and alerted the cops. Police are now investigating the incident. A member of staff from the family run store told the Daily Record, if somebody is struggling or in need, we're a family-owned business that has been here for nearly 40 years. All they need to do is come in speak to one of the family members. There's always one of us here. If you need formula or nappies or milk or bread, we'll help you out. But if you're trying to steal a six-litre keg of tenants, that's not a crime of need or desperation. Well, I think it depends how you look at it. Um, The store also claimed the man was verbally abusive and threatened staff members who were working at the time and tried to stop Mm. him from stealing. The store have also confirmed that the police are aware and they also have the guy's name Um, A spokesperson from Police Scotland said A 22-year-old man was arrested and charged In connection with shoplifting and breach of the peace uh, After an incident at Craigbank Drive in hill on Wednesday The 28th of September 2022 So yeah, um, if you go on To the uh, Scottish Sun website Or we can, I will say we'll post Stuff like this on their Instagram. And I always forget, but um, never, <laughs> no. I'll, um, I'll try and make an effort to do it this week.
0: I presume he was wearing jogging bottoms and not like tight chinos or anything <laughs> to I mean,
1: try and stuff this keg down, was he? I mean, I'm already, I'm looking at the picture. It looks like he's... I mean, what I'm almost saying from the picture is they could be jeans. But he's trying to stuff it down the front of. I'm not saying they definitely <laughs> oh are, word. but they could be they, you know, they've got a bit of a genius look in the picture. But, um, yeah, not exactly the perfect crime. Have you ever tried to steal something ridiculous like that? And, and um, enough and enough time has passed that <laughs> we're not going to get a phone call from the police for bringing it up in the podcast? No, not that I can think of. I, I've told the story before
0: about a, a drunken night knight. I, and me and a few friends stole the chalkboard yeah. from outside Oddbins. But the police caught us and we had to put <laughs> it back. And obviously we know about you stealing a chair yeah. from outside my old place of work. I, no, I don't think... I, well, again, I've told the story about us stealing stuff from my old place yeah. of work in terms of football helmets and baseball bats. I can't think of anything that, no, that I've stolen that... Uh, th- there was a time in Dubai, actually, there was a, in fact, it was it was for the very beginnings of this podcast project. Right. I was looking for a new table that I could put the microphone on. And this was w- back when we were recording like the very, very test episodes yeah. when we did like Oasis, definitely, maybe, I think, because we weren't quite sure what this valley was going to be. Yeah. And w- one of the neighbours of beside where I lived had a, a, was a perfect table for <laughs> the purposes I needed it. It was outside, like in their drive, right. and I wasn't sure. It it was close enough to the bin for me to think that maybe it was for the bin, but also far enough away that maybe it wasn't for the bin. So I wasn't sure. So I went out at midnight, and it was still there, so I just took it <laughs> What about yourself? Have
1: you got anything that you've? Um, I mean, I've, ridiculous I've, things that you've stolen. I've stolen so many things over the years. It's um, <laughs> it's just shat, it's just trying I think of like it's just sort of narrow it down. I mean, when I used to work for quite a well-known restaurant chain in the UK, I wasn't above getting a taxi to the restaurant in the in the dead of night, making a taxi driver wait outside, going in, helping myself to a case of lager if I was having a party <laughs> or something. You know if you know, if people were coming back after a night out or something, um, and then, you know, flinging it in the boot of the taxi and sh- sh- shooting back in it. With it. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I don't know how I never got caught doing that. And the, the thing is, like, I never ever felt like I would ever get caught. I, I, I never had any regrets, like... Because I was always a bit pissed when I did yeah. it, you know, and, like, when you sort of sober up a bit, I never had any regrets, never worried that I was going to get caught. And I never did. <laughs> It must have hundreds of pounds worth of booze. I'm not proud of it, obviously, as a, as a parent so to impressionable young women and everything. It's, you know, but uh, it was tough times back in those days, you know.
0: I'm not sure there's a beautiful model to that story, Greg, <laughs> that we're telling, but <clears throat> never mind. Yeah.
1: So yeah, well that was my first story. Uh, what's your first story this week?
0: Well, I've got uh, a slightly spookier story for our Swally Spooktacular. Uh, now, do you remember, Greg, it was one of our very early episodes and I had a new story about a safe that was found in a river.
1: My favourite, that... perhaps my favourite ever new <laughs> story that we've ever done. Yeah, it was like episode three or something like that. It was really old one. Uh,
0: I think so. Yeah, mm. I'd like to go back and revisit that <laughs> yeah. actually, and it contains um, pornography <laughs> yeah, it and, <laughs> and condoms. <laughs> is what <laughs> they call. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, condoms of pornography. That's right. Uh, so there's been another find in uh, a river okay. in Edinburgh. Uh, it's in Leith so this is from the Scottish Sun this week workers were left mystified after finding a collection of voodoo dolls (laughs) in a Scots river Uh, the team from the Water of Leith Conservation Trust were out cleaning the river when they made the chilling discovery the creepy dolls were found locked inside a large black box resembling a treasure chest (laughs) yesterday afternoon when the team were cleaning the streets near the water in Edinburgh and there is a photo of this I'm not going to say we'll put it on the instagram because we'll forget and it is it's like a little black treasure chest box Mm -hmm. and it's got some weird drawings on the like the inside lid and it's very spooky and there are indeed these four little voodoo dolls inside the four doll-like figures were found wrapped in white sheets and what appears to be needles sticking out with them Uh, It came as part of an impressive haul for the volunteer crew, who also discovered a bike, two chairs, a mattress and a cupboard. (laughs) In the one day, the group managed to collect all of these items, as well as a large sack full of plastic. A picture of the dolls uh, in the box, as well as some of the other items, was shared on social media. Volunteers posted on Twitter, This is an impressive haul of rubbish in the river, walkway and surrounding areas of Leith. We even found voodoo dolls. (laughs) Big thanks to our volunteers. But users were left spooked by this um, as they flocked to the comment section to share their thoughts. One person said, How does one recycle voodoo dolls? (laughs) Is there a special ritual to unbind them? Another added, Blimey. At someone else who was very concerned posted, "Put those dolls back right now." <laughs> uh, it's it's not the first time the team have found strange objects in the river. Earlier this year, volunteers were shocked when they found a gun when cleaning <laughs> out the river. Uh, but there's no mention of the safe full of porn uh. and condoms. So uh, yeah, a, a little box with four voodoo dolls inside. That's a, a bit of a scary find. Which we would, you, would you be a bit unperturbed if you find this treasure chest, opened it, and here's four voodoo dolls with needles sticking out of them.
1: No, because it's all bollocks isn't it? Like, it's no such, oh, it? no such that. thing as voodoo um, Yeah, somebody's like gone to the trouble to fly tip those dolls. I feel like you could just yeah. have taken the pins out and giving them to like, the Oxfam shop or something like that You know what, the voodoo dolls? Yeah. Have I got the trouble? you of, think they're going to sell voodoo dolls in Oxfam? They sell toys and stuff in there. They just take the pins out and things and <laughs>
0: so what, what, put them next to the Ouija boards. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're yeah. suggesting they do in
1: Oxfam? Well, you, you, uh, Ouija boards used to be made by like Waddington's or, mm. or Milton Bradley or one of the big game manufacturers didn't they
0: yeah mm. I think it was MB yeah mm-hmm. that used to make them Um, used to be able to get them in the toy shops but then they stopped I don't know if you still get them I think they probably stopped selling them yeah
1: I remember but- I remember um, when I was probably about 10 or 11 uh, I mean my mate made one or how we thought one should be made, just made his dad had a bit yeah. of like wood in the garage and we just sort of drew letters and numbers on it and stuff but it fucking never worked <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted Maybe it to work, you know. I really, I really like the idea of like talking to some dead punter, but it just it never worked.
0: Were you looking for just any random dead punter, or were you yeah. trying to communicate to like a dead celebrity or someone, or
1: just <laughs> well, anyone? I, d- I didn't know anybody who died at that point, um, so I don't know. I don't, I think we were just trying to see if it worked. You know, just if any spirits listening. You know, tell us your name and stuff. We had our fingers on the glass or whatever—a glass or a pointer or something with our fingers on it. There was there was a girl with us who lived on the other side, and we were trying. I think right, there was a bit of a sort of uh, subconscious. A decision between me and my pal that we would try and put the shits up her by moving the <laughs> moving the pointer ourselves a wee bit but she was she wasn't uh she didn't she, she didn't believe in any of it either she was uh she saw through us Im- immediately so yeah i don't never tried with a ouija board or anything i do
0: remember and this was before like Candyman came out yeah. but there was a one of those old kind of myths that we go around, it must have been primary school, about if you you know, look in a mirror and say Bloody Mary yeah, yeah, yeah. three times at midnight then she'll come and haunt you. I remember doing it once and then jumping into bed and shitting <laughs> yes. myself
1: like oh no, what have I done? What have <laughs> I done? Nothing happened so yeah. it's quite uneventful really. See after watching Candyman, see even now even now, would you stop short at the last Candyman in the mirror, just in case? Just. You're
0: having a go at me for voodoo <laughs> dolls, and you're seriously asking me if I wouldn't say Candyman in the mirror. What is it, five times for Candyman? I don't know. I, don't know. I can't remember. <sighs> yeah, but then, is it not? It, you don't even have to say it five times in a row. You could say it, like, on a Tuesday, and then <laughs> say it again on a Thursday, and, you know, and then he's still going to come and get you. That's yeah. how it works in
1: the films, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. So I watched the new one, um a few weeks ago, so I think it's kind of like a remake slash reboot. Mm. Um, I didn't I didn't really understand it, if I'm being honest. Um, no. But I also didn't enjoy it <laughs> very much either.
0: No, we watched it. I'd hyped up Candyman to my wife, mm. and, yeah, we watched the, the kind of remake, and it wasn't very good. No. Didn't enjoy it that much. Same as the reason I'm not going to watch the new Hellraiser, because I just... <laughs> Doesn't look like it appeals to me. Yeah,
1: I was never like, I never, I wasn't like a massive fan of the original ones that much anyway. Um, I think I'd, I'd only, I've only seen like the first Hellraiser and the second Hellraiser like twice. And we're talking like a good 25 years between screenings. Mm. I think I watched, actually watched uh, the, First one, again, recently, but not that recently because we've done Small Faces, and Lex's mum is in, I can't remember the actress's name, but she's in Hellraiser, mm. and that was what, that's why yeah. I watched it. Takes her clothes off, if anyone's interested. Um, <laughs> and then in the, in the second one, she t- takes her skin off. <laughs> but I never watched any of the subsequent sequels. Um, as I understand, no. it's the kind of law of Diminishing Returns after the second one anyway. Yeah,
0: yeah the second one's quite good, actually. Mm. But yeah, you're not missing anything else after that, yeah. I would say. No. Just Stick with the first two. That's all you need. Oh, well, okay. So, yeah. So, Edinburgh is, well, Leith is voodoo-tastic at the moment. So, we'll (laughs) see if anything happens um, in the news over the next week, if there's any stories of people that have been resurrected or anything on the back of these voodoo dolls being found. We shall see. So... That's my uh, first news story, Greg. Uh,
1: what else have you seen this week? Well, I've got a kind of Halloweeny y story. Uh, it's not quite as uh, creepy as, as your one about the voodoo dolls. But um, this, again, comes from the Scottish Sun. Sort of getting back into it after uh, doing the requisite amount of um, royal Articles after the funeral um, So the headline is Last thing you need Scots woman giving away brand new coffin After her husband <laughs> had lived longer than she'd hoped <laughs> <laughs> She posted the bizarre ad on Scottish uh, Sorry, on social media Making the offer The picture is sent to the For Sale Oban Facebook page It shows a large silver casket With the top half open revealing a white pillow and interior. She said that she's given it away for free after she got it for her husband, who stayed alive for longer than she thought he would. The woman added that because her husband had lived longer than she'd expected, the coffin is now cluttering up her house. But not everything in the picture is being given away. Whoever claims it will get everything apart from the pillow, but she says she's keeping because her dog has already claimed it. Um, The social media ad (laughs) (laughs) read giving away a brand new coffin. Bought it for my husband, but he has lived longer than I'd hoped. And expected, so no longer required. And it's cluttering up my house, pillow not included as my dog has taken to it. Um, She's even offered (laughs) to deliver it Within a reasonable distance To whoever claims it Wow! Yep, Uh, Over a thousand people have reacted to the post As others have jokingly tagged pals and partners Saying they'd be claiming it for them And uh, one person Tagged a pal and joked Do you want it for the living room mate? And another one wrote Nice single bed for someone who's just moved into a flat Yeah, I mean it does look like a Like a decent coffin But I mean she's (laughs) obviously on the wind up because in the picture, it's in. it looks like it's in like a garage or a warehouse or something like that. It's not like in our living room. And why would you keep it in your living okay. room anyway? So I suspect it's like in the jokey ad, maybe that this woman's put on just to give everybody a giggle.
0: Yeah, it'd be a hell of a talking piece to have in your living room. You could use it as a little table or something. Yeah. Mind you, it's kind of raised at the top, so mm. you maybe wouldn't be able to, your stuff would slide off it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure it's a joke because surely, although you say that, my uncle, um, Uh, And he's still alive. But about 12 years ago, there was uh, vouchers in the Evening Express. Like you collected tokens and you got money off some, I I can't remember the exact details, but you were getting like money off something and uh, at some place. Um, Must have been like a garden or a stone merchants or something. I can't. details are sketchy but I know it involved like he had a money off voucher so he bought his gravestone and he's had it engraved with his name Mm -hmm. and his born date and obviously the death date's been left blank and he's got it in his shed and (laughs) he's like it's it's my gravestone so Wife doesn't have to buy my gravestone when I die, so he's he's prepared. So people do do this, I think, in terms of being prepared. So maybe she genuinely has got her coffin um, for her husband. husband. but surely if you've kept it that long, would you not just keep it now? Because if a few years have passed, then well, it's know. closer to the end, anyway, isn't it? Yeah, well, every
1: day is closer at the end, isn't it? So um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think she's, I think she's just trying to get people a bit of a laugh on Facebook. I'm sure she's probably just copied and pasted a picture from some coffin merchants yeah. to uh, spread a bit of, maybe a bit of late September, early October Joy, <laughs> I don't know. It certainly seems, it certainly seems to have done the effect. She says quite a lot of, um, quite a lot of, uh, quite funny comments from people. So, ah, bless. Do you think that's something you'll do? You think like you'll start to get organised when you hit fifty or something? Like better start, better start buying stuff now just in case. I don't think so. No, I'll probably still be buying wrestling toys <laughs> and
0: Ghostbusters toys when I'm fifty. I don't think I'll be <laughs> planning for my uh, my coffin or anything. No. Yeah, it's no. No. Why? Are you have you already thought about this?
1: No, I can't. Be, I can't say I have. Um, the the sort of priority is 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 making sure that my kids have got enough money to be adults in the in the twenty first century, as things you know get more expensive and it gets harder to to gets harder now. I think to buy a house in the UK than it was maybe like when we were at the age. A bit more looking to buy a house. So, yeah, I do not really thought about it. Um I've got insurance. My insurance will bury me. It's fine. You know what I mean? And, and Paula likes choosing stuff. She likes, like, going through catalogues and selecting things. So, ah, you know. Perfect. Yeah, so the, the perfect sort of... There you go. The perfect legacy. Giving Paula some shopping to do. She'll be she'll be pleased, as, yeah. pleased as punch.
0: That's a lovely little gift fr- from the afterlife that you <laughs> yeah, left for exactly. her.
1: Exactly. Wonderful. Exactly. So, yeah, so that's uh, Anonymous in Oban having a laugh. What's your, uh, what's your second story of this week? Uh, my
0: second story, Greg, is from the Scottish Sun this week, and the headline is Very Mean City. So this is a story about a lad from Australia right. who's just moved to Glasgow and is told that he doesn't go outside after 4pm because that is the time that wild locals wake up. <laughs> the, the vlogger is travelling the world to experience different cultures and is taken aback at how different Scotland is. He said that he has run into Neds and gives regular video updates on how to survive in the mean city. On his Shearing Shed vlog account, he said, I'm not going to do the accent, Glasgow is a fun and scary city. It's a lot different out here. Australia is nothing like this. Glasgow is harder and scarier, but I love it. The vlogger spent some time in England before he spent weekends up north and decided to move up to Glasgow. He's only been living there for a few days, but reckons that there's a very different vibe as the day goes on. (laughs) He said, the city kind of switches at 4pm. My friend was telling me that that's when all the people that stay up all night long and sleep (laughs) during the day wake up. So until 4pm, it's all chill. Normal people. And after 4pm, all the junkies start waking up. (laughs) It's so true. The city just gets sketchy after 4pm. Uh, The lad has managed to get some help from locals who have passed on some words of wisdom to keep him safe He was warned about Neds but had no idea what they were like until he ran into a group of them at Glasgow Central He confessed that he's now scared of the gangs who he reckons rampage around armed with weapons Uh, The vlogger revealed My friend told me to watch out for the Neds and I see what he's talking about now If you see a group of 15 kids apparently you need to stay away from them because nothing good will happen. They all carry shanks and whatnot. (laughs) Shanks. (laughs) Just kids screaming off the top of their lungs, man. Just going crazy, man. Wearing t-shirts and stuff when it's freezing cold outside. Uh, The backpacker also got some advice on where to avoid in Glasgow to stay out of trouble. He said, My Scottish friend told me it's fine in the city centre, but stay away from the scheme. It's good having a local's perspective. (laughs) It's a foreign country to me. There are different rules and stuff. Many locals have commented on his TikTok post disagreeing with his tourist review. One said, Glasgow's not that bad, bro. Another added, Glasgow is one of the most friendliest cities in the UK. And a third joked, this is so dramatic. (laughs) So Greg, you obviously have lived in Glasgow, uh, but did you ever avoid groups of kids wearing t-shirts? When it was cold, because that seems to be a warning. Uh, did you stay away from the scheme?
1: <laughs> um uh, you know, I, I lived there for a long time. I never had any, never had any trouble at all. Um You know, like they say. Like, I mean, there's like generally those young guys who knock about together. They're not really interested in like hurting or fighting with anybody that they don't know. You know what I mean? They like, they they they'll, they'll yeah. go after. Uh, Rival gangs and things, and uh, I, you know, you sometimes see a little bit of trouble in the city centre. But I've, I've certainly never crossed the road to avoid groups of youths hanging around. Equally, uh, I didn't really spend a lot of time in the scheme <laughs> either. You know, maybe just to go and buy some drugs, but in and out, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's that's a. There's a lot of, it's, I remember my dad telling me that years ago, like before I was old enough to go out in town. And he said, you know, like town's fine. He said, yes, you got to be careful if you go out of town, certain parts, certain yeah. certain areas, and things. But that's that's true mm. of any city. So until four p.m., it's all chill, yeah,
0: normal people. And then after four p.m., all the junkies start waking <laughs> up. The city just gets sketchy after four p.m. Is he just describing Michael Jackson's thriller <laughs> video? Yeah. <laughs> the, in the winter, when it gets dark, oh, they all rise up yeah, and yeah. start <laughs> yeah. start dancing around in the Glasgow subway.
1: If you, if you go to the East End of Argyle Street in Glasgow, it's there's there are definite thriller vibes any time of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's like there's been a something like there's been some kind of environmental disaster down there with oh, Arms missing and stuff like that. Um, no, I mean, I I, I I don't, I don't know. I've been, mean, I've got to take his word for it. The sailor about in Glasgow. He was, uh, he lived. Is he staying in the hostel, Jamaica Street? I'd imagine
0: it's the in the centre of Glasgow because he's too scared to go anywhere else. Um, it doesn't mention where he's staying. But it's just that he's been told to not go out after <laughs> four pm and to stick to the city centre.
1: Someone's winding him up. I, d- I don't know why you'd want to go anywhere else. You might go up to the West End, or you might even go over to sort of Shorelands or somewhere. But I feel like you'd mm. be fine in both of those areas as well. He must be staying at the Euro Hostel uh, on Jamaica Street, the one opposite that Judy's Inn where you stayed that time when you came over for Scott's wedding. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. Euro Hostel there. That, there may be other hostels in Glasgow, but that's the that's the one that I know. I've ever stayed in it.
0: Yeah, because if he is travelling around, he says he's only been there for a couple of days, so. Mm-hmm. I guess, uh, yeah. So there you go. That's uh, Australian's review of Glasgow. <laughs> so if you are um, intending to go to Glasgow for any of our overseas listeners, then there's some top tips for you to avoid trouble. Just stay in after 4pm. I agree with you. I've, I don't think I've ever seen any trouble. I mean, I've been to Glasgow. Well, I have seen trouble, but it's been around Ibrox. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when I've been on a... Aberdeen supporters bus mm-hmm. but I can't say I've seen any trouble when I've been in the city centre or anything the, and I've been
1: to Glasgow many times the worst fight I ever saw and I only saw a couple I may have mentioned it before but they, I think probably the worst one just in terms of kind of people really going for it was um, I was coming past the Archies cafe and under the Heleman Zumbarella one Saturday night, I was going to catch the bus out to Langside, and there was a police van attempting to arrest uh, a group of girls who were fighting with each other. And even and even when the police were trying to huckle them into the van, they were still trying mm-hmm. to get at each other. But they were they weren't like sort of girls dressed in like leisure wear and stuff like that. They were dressed up for a night out. You know what I mean? It was like short skirts, heels, sparkly blouses and things. No jackets, because it was only November, you know, it's not that cold. Um, and uh, and it was probably, it was like, and I think the policemen were, they were they were quite young as well. I think the policemen were, they were trying to sort of handle them kind of firmly and get them into the van. But I think they were also trying to be a bit, because there were one girl in particular, she was, Skinny as anything, They should have like they like, like should have broken in two in a bloody high wind. So they they it was there was there was one WPC there, but the rest were guys and they were trying to sort of get these girls in the back of the police van as uh, as sort of quickly and carefully as possible. But they were toiling, and so I I, I did what any other Glaswegian man would do. Stood around for five minutes watching it all unfold, before uh, and having a bit of a laugh about it with the with the with the guy next to me, and then before fucking off and catching the bus.
0: Oh well, exciting times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you didn't see any the running about with shanks no, or anything, sh- or shanks. shouting at the top of their lungs. No, no, I can't say that I did. Okay. Um, have you seen anything else this week, Greg? Nope, that's all my news. You have anything else? Nope, that covers everything that I've got this week Yeah, uh, there's a couple of other stories But no, I'll save one for maybe another time Okay, uh, right Well, before we get on to what we're going to be talking about today Let's have a little word from our sponsor You can start Satellite TV with Aberdeen Cable from 5 95 a month And choose all the channels you wish Movies, sport, pop and kids Without the big dish Don't get lost in space Come down to Earth with Cable Aberdeen Cable Satellite TV, better by cable. Okay, Greg, so it was your choice on the Swally Spectacular this week. So why don't you tell us what we're going to be talking about
1: on this episode? So I chose the 2014 uh, British thriller horror film set in Scotland called White Settlers, directed by Simeon Halligan, I'm sure that's not his real name, uh, starring Pollyanna McIntosh, the artist formerly known as the Size Queen of Filth, Lee Williams, Joanne Mitchell. It tells a story of Ed, who is fucking, we'll we'll, we'll come on to it, but Ed is a total fanny, played by Lee Williams, and Sarah, played by Pollyanna McIntosh, who want to get away from their busy, stressful lives in London. So they buy a remote farmhouse in Scotland. Um, But uh, unbeknownst to them, a group of people also have their eyes on the house. So I thought that this was going to be... I thought it was going to be a sort of supernatural thing. I was a bit disappointed when I realised that it wasn't. I thought because the estate agent mentions that the house is built on the site of a battle between... Scottish and English uh, troops back in medieval times. I was expecting a sort of supernatural, spooky, kind of paranormal activity type thing. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a sort of by the numbers, home invasion, kind of straw dogs-ish. What did you think of it?
0: The first I'd really become aware of this film was probably when I was looking at Polly Anna McIntosh mm. for must have been filth yeah. or bob servant and just looking what else you've been in and i did see it and i did think oh, oh that could be worth a watch maybe I have to give that a try yeah watching it for the first time it's not very good yes, it's not great it's no. uh, it's it's as you see there are a couple of elements that i did quite like and i will i'm not going to slate this film completely there's a couple of things that i thought were quite well done yeah. it is very much uh by the numbers, exactly as you said, home invasion kind of story, which has been done so much better mm-hmm. recently, even in t- films like Hush or Don't Breathe. And as you say, to an extent, like Straw Dogs, mm-hmm. it's it's okay. I thought some of the, the Scottish countryside was lovely, despite the fact this was filmed in Manchester. So <laughs> we can't really take that yeah. element there. Um, it, it's very formulaic. I think they, they try to have this sort of tension and... They throw in a couple of jump scares and it just doesn't work. No. It's, it's all stuff seen before. And I wonder if it's maybe because I'm so desensitized because I've watched quite a lot of horror and genuinely there's not a lot of films or jump scares that scare me because you kind of know when they're going to happen and in this it was so painfully obvious when anything scary was going to happen yeah so and the tension just didn't really believe you know for me i I didn't feel any like oh my god what's going to happen it's an hour and 20 minutes long and i can't tell you how many times i moved my mouse to look at the clock to see how long was left (laughs) whereas On the last episode, we covered Gov and Ghost story, which was an hour long. That flew by. Yeah. And not a lot happened in that, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, that was very quiet and slow paced, but it just absolutely flew by. This just seemed to plod on forever and take so long. So, what about you? What what did you think of the whole thing for watching it for the first time? Yeah,
1: I mean, I was sort of of kind of similar to you. I think it it has its moments. I think the, the first scene... The very, very first scene that we see before the credits is quite a good kind of creepy scene. Mm. The ending is actually quite original. I thought it was quite good. Yeah. But I think the problem with it, I mean, I I, I like Pollyanna McIntosh as an actress, mm. you know, and it's all, you know, it's, you, you always kind of want the best when for Scottish actors and actresses when they're. Especially when you know when you see them on, like she's been on The Walking Dead in quite a big role in that, and it's like, oh, it's great to see someone from you know Dumbarton getting on, you know, whether it's her or Hugh McGregor or whatever. Uh, I was really rooting for her at the start of this film, mm-hmm. but you know, like her, I mean, she's not as bad as uh, like I mean, I say bad, I don't mean that she's. I don't mean her acting. I mean, she, you know, she's like she's a great mm-hmm. actress, and she's and she, you know she she totally commits to this, um, but the characters of. Sarah and Ed like about 20 minutes in I'm fucking willing something to happen to them both especially Ed I mean but he, but he just he's, he's fucking cutting off Scotland as, as soon as he comes on what he says we've got shit food like, sh- shit weather well you could argue that you just have the wrong clothes shit food like fuck off shit food you know what I mean You're supposed to come from London where they eat fucking eel pie
0: <laughs> look at those outbuildings imagine what we could do with them They'd make perfect holiday lamps. Sarah, it's going to take at least 18 months before this place is fit to live in. Yeah, 18 months of you being your own boss, taking things at your own pace and doing them exactly how you want to do them. Yeah, in Scotland, where the weather is shit, the food is shit, the football is shit. So? And judging by this place, the houses are shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's just, this, and even like, even, you know, the, the scenes where... And again, it's pretty by the numbers stuff. When she kind of hears something, and you know, and it turns out to be a pig running about outside, but he, you know, he doesn't want to go out and have a look. And then she hears someone in the house, and again, he's just, ah, oh, he's like, oh, I don't want to." And he's fucking just what? He's just that total cunt of the highest order. So yeah, I think that was the, the that was one problem I had with it. It was difficult to kind of to kind of root for the characters because they were just you know a pair of pricks. Her less or so. Um, I, I I like it when she, they. I think the best part of the film is the sequence when she's sort of hiding around the house. I mean, she's realised that these mm. people have broken in. She's hiding around mm. the house and she's trying the windows and stuff and everything. And then and then she's hiding around the farm before she finds her useless fucking husband who gets caught straight away, tied up in the barn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> (laughs) think that was, at that point, it starts to kind of get going. And that was when I did what you said, and I had to look on the timer. And I was surprised to see there was only 25 minutes left. I was like, oh, Hmm. it's it's actually quite, for a film, an hour and 20 is quite short. But yeah, the first sort of 40 minutes or so of them moving into the house and a bit of banter, oh, I'm rubbish at DIY, you know, a few is the electrics, like, I mean, why is she on a plug anyway? When was the last time anybody had to wire the plug in the fucking 21st <laughs> century? You know what I mean?
0: I do get exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought Pollyanna McIntosh was very good in this. Yeah. And is it is it because I I do really like her as a mm-hmm. an actress? You see, I, I really enjoy her in The Walking Dead and we've seen her in Filth, Bob Servant, a few other things. Yeah. She is really good. And as you said, that is exactly perfect. She does commit to this role. Yeah, yeah. And good honour for committing to role in this shit um <laughs> our character sarah is okay and she's fucking hell she's resilient isn't yeah. she i mean she manages to she gets away from the the attackers quite a few times and even with a slashed achilles tendon she manages to yeah. get a fair amount of distance away from them and nearly get away yep. so to speak the character of Ed as you've said I think in my notes I've written what a fucking prick yeah. he is and I, I don't know I, I presume he is designed to be that way but why why would you do that in terms of a in a film like this you're meant to be rooting for the the people that are going to survive yeah. but they just he's such a fucking arsehole it's not just the fact that he is very anti-Scottish and he does say oh but it's not Suffolk or Cornwall because mm. that's where he wants to live he yeah. wants to live in the English and of course as we've said about his scottish rant about everything being shit it's also the fact he is so fucking condescending Mm -hmm. to sarah the way he say when she's saying you know he can fix up i'll help he kind of sneers at her like, "Oh yeah, what are you going to do, to fucking hell?" Yeah, yeah. When the estate agent says about the mobile phone signal not being there, he's like, "Oh well, she's never got her phone yeah. out of her hand." And and then when she's scared and he's where's the toothbrushes, he's like, "Oh, I'm sleeping. You go and get them." Yeah. Like, fuck off. No, you go. You go and get the <laughs> <Yeah>. toothbrushes. <laughs> and then she's obviously scared, and he's putting on the glasses, saying, "I'm the booby monster." I'll, I'll fuck
1: off. He's 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 lucky she didn't fucking of them with a hammer at that point because. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you, if there was a hammer there and I pulled that shit in Paula she'd fucking open my head <laughs> that hour. I'd have the fucking the claw end stuck in my temple
0: <laughs> part of me you alluded to the, the very beginning of the film mm. which is the the kind of opening scene where you see a bloody handprint on a tree and then you see this arsenal scarf lying on the ground yeah. and then see this body with a bag over its head so by the time Ed found that arsenal scarf in the box when he was listening to shit music and dancing around with a fucking torch like a fucking fan he is <laughs> part of me would have been a bit upset watching a horror film like that because i'm thinking oh well we know ed's gonna get it yes yeah. he's got the Arsenal scarf i was actually delighted thinking yes when is this fucking fanny gonna get his what he deserves please let it be soon <laughs> so then when he goes up and gives the scarf to pollyanna mcintosh i'm thinking oh no oh no mm. now then she throws it on the chair yeah did why did it linger for 20 seconds on the scarf on the chair as if it's like, this is a yeah. very important plot point. Don't don't forget this scarf. That yeah. is a bit of bad filmmaking for me. You know, it, it should be something that the audience has to work for to remember. But yeah. 20 seconds is an exaggeration but it literally freezes there for about 5 seconds and that kind of put me off. Yeah, I was so delighted I just wanted—I just wanted Ed to get it. I really did. When he got caught in that bear trap yeah. later on, I fucking cheered. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and he, he's fucking hopeless anyway. Like when he so this, the, just before the bear trap bit, he manages to push one of the pig guys over. He <laughs> sort of bumps funny. his head and kind of stuns himself. And then instead of just, like, getting off his mark... Yeah, Scott, it's a wee look. But then, but anyway, they lift the guy's mask up to try and have a look at him. So the guy starts strangling him, right? If you're on top of somebody and the guy's strangling you, I feel like you're in a better position. You just, like, you fucking grab something, like the rock that the guy bumped his head on, for example, and you fucking panel him with it, or you fucking grab his bollocks, or you fucking thumb his eye, or something like that. You'll just stand there, yeah. like get, letting yourself get fucking strangled.
0: Okay. well you see if he was Scottish he would just know to just absolutely yeah, headbutt yes. him and then he could get that away with that <laughs> that when the guy falls on that rock and it knocks him out that is yeah. probably one of the most pathetic things i've ever seen because you're actually thinking as you've said and we'll come back to yeah. the, the scene where sarah's hiding around the house and that was genuinely the, the, probably the best bit of the film apart from yeah, maybe the ending it's good which sequence, thought was quite good um but when she finds him tied up in the barn and then you have this little few minutes of her leathering the guy and then yeah. battering fuck out of him with that lock. Yeah. And then Ed being there and then the Stanley knife and the guy getting slashed in the face and then the Achilles tendon. I'm thinking, okay, this is all right. There's a little bit of action, you know, a bit of excitement. Yeah. And then the next thing that happens is this guy, Ed just literally just pushes this guy <laughs> and he yeah. falls over and hits his head on a rock. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on. So that's the the good bit over did you spend all your budget on that little barn scene
1: wait when he falls over and hits his head on the rock as you're describing it kind of reminded me of one of those old sort of public information films like warning kids not to play on railway lines and stuff in the 70s you know what I mean like warning kids not to do dangerous things by showing them graphically the worst thing that can happen (laughs) I
0: (laughs) I found a load of those on YouTube last week when I was looking for some adverts and I thought about cutting some of them up and putting them in as adverts but I won't because they're too horrific (laughs) even in audio format I'll send you the link there's one I'd forgotten about and I remembered it it's absolutely brutal and it's just a cartoon of the little boy going into the shop and with his mum and buying a plane and then they come out and he's playing with a plane and they're just crossing the street at a corner and this car comes and just wipes out his mum and i'm like what the fuck (laughs) once i'd seen it i remembered it from my childhood but oh it was traumatic that was more scarier than white settlers yeah um yes (laughs) i would would agree with you yeah him that was just absolutely pathetic and as you say him but of course it's a horror film so of course he's gonna go and lift up the mask rather than battering the guy with a rock to make sure he's done (laughs) Or just running. Yeah, exactly. That would be the most
1: sensible thing to do. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, the most unbelievable thing, the thing that I really struggled to kind of get on board with in the whole film, who moves their whole life from London to Glasgow in the back of a fucking Audi TT? (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. Very, very true.
0: I mean, come on. I hadn't even thought about that, actually. You're right. Because, yeah, they, they pack everything. They have quite a lot of boxes. Yeah. And there's not a lot of room in the back of an IDTT, so yeah,
1: I I never thought about that. You're totally right because yeah. there's no mention of a removal company or anything. Nope, there's a a couple of kind of sloppy bits in it. Like you mentioned one already. The the other one that I noticed was there's a bit there's a bit of a continuity mistake. So mm. I think it's the after they've gone outside and they've seen the pig and everything and. Uh, it's just a pig. Oh, let's go back in, lock the door, and they get back into bed. And then they have to get up again because there's noise down the stairs. She just puts her jeans on and you see her come down the stairs and she's in her bare feet. The next mm. bit, when they can't find the key to lock the door and the camera pans down that's falling on the ground. She's got her trainers on. Ah, uh, okay. And I was like, oh, just take, taking me right out of the film. <laughs> it's this <just> continued.
0: You're... <laughs> you're right, actually, because I, I didn't notice that at the time, but then I think it's when she's creeping about at one point. Point, I do think I remember thinking, when did she put her shoes on? Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Never noticed that. That's another part that made me think Ed was a fucking prick. When they're outside and they see the pig uh-huh. and he turns to her and goes, Have you shit yourself?
1: <laughs> Like, it's like... Just not what one says like, to one's what? wife or girlfriend.
0: No. Oh, God. I was so delighted when he was... Um, <laughs> that bear trap. Oh, be my favourite bit. Yeah. Um. So, I thought, kind of similar to yourself in terms of spooky, when the, the estate agent is showing them round in the beginning. Now, that's an English actress putting on...
1: Scottish accent.
0: A very Scottish accent yeah. in terms of, you know, I have expected her to, oh, hoots so I the <laughs> new? Uh, obviously explaining the, the history of the house. And you're right, I did think at that time, maybe, oh, is there going to be something yeah. kind of um that's going to be supernatural about this or something haunting? And especially when you've got the old guy died in the house. yeah then You're thinking, okay, something's going to happen here. Mm. But no, the next really inkling you have is when this little boy from Deliverance turns up in his <laughs> Tartan army Scotland top <laughs> and you're thinking, okay, is this going to take another turn? Oh, and that's another thing, when Ed's, oh, he's probably off to shag his sister or a sheep. Yeah. Oh, Fuck off, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that a hurry to get somewhere? Yeah. He's probably going out to shag his sister. Ed? But you know what these country folk are like. If it isn't his mother, it'll be
1: his sister. Or pet laugh. You know, I, I, I like to think that those pig guys were fine. They were probably on their way up there to welcome their new English neighbours. And they've heard this fucking prick <laughs> cunting Scotland off, shit food, he's waiting Shaggy's sister, and, and they've thought, fuck that, let's get get rid of these fuckers and steal their house. There you go. They're walking up with a tin of shortbread and maybe like I don't know a pot of stovies or something to welcome them to the <laughs> welcome them to the community.
0: <laughs> so, it? do we think the the real estate agent she was in on this from the beginning? You think because that she I, I watched the I didn't watch this twice, no fucking way. <laughs> However, I did watch the the opening few minutes again, just purely because right. I wanted to write down the exact quote that Ed says about being shit and. Yeah. I just wanted to check if she did say anything to pick up on any clues I missed. And there are a couple of things, there, mm-hmm. a couple of little subtle hints she gives about of the house. And, yeah, just a, mm. a couple of little things. And they make me think, oh, okay, so maybe she she was in on this and obviously yeah. I tipped off the pig guys to, to let them know, I think.
1: Yeah, maybe. Because yeah, she says, so, you know, you when uh, Sarah... Mentioned, she's like, I'm sorry we're late, we t- took a wrong turn. And she said, Yeah, she says something like, Yeah, if, if you don't know the area, it's quite easy to run into trouble, mm. you know. I'm like, Ah, oh, a, a bit of foreshadowing yeah. there, perhaps. Uh, when yeah. turns out to be, And then there's another bit of foreshadowing later on when uh, Ed's winding Sarah up about there being bears in Scotland. And she's like, Do they have bears? And he's like, No, there's no bears in Scotland. And then he steps in a bear trap. <laughs> 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 Fucking serves you right. <laughs> <laughs> As you said, the the kind
0: of the next part when they move in the beginning, it was maybe a little bit long, but it also did set the tone in that they they kind of feel safe and obviously safe enough to just get naked in the woods of where they've just moved into and have a bit of rumpy bumpy and the scene where they're walking hand in hand back through the grass and it's all sunlit. You're thinking, all right, okay, we get it. They feel safe. They're enjoying this here. So it was quite good then when it all came crashing down to earth.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's like the first day, right? The, the first day they've not even <laughs> stayed the night, so they must have got there quite early. because I've done a bit of unpacking. Sad managed yeah. to fuck up the electrics mm-hmm. and wiring a plug for some reason. You know they've had time to you know to have a shag in the woods and all that sort of stuff, and mm-hmm. it's you know it's, a, it's cramming a lot into your first day. Yeah, and then and. As good as the ending is, of you know, they could, we'll put on the, in the description that we do spoil it. So if anybody wants to watch it, they can do before they listen to the podcast. But um, the ending when they wake up in Manchester and the family that have been terrorizing them has moved into the house. I kind of feel like there's a resolution <laughs> after that. <where> Sarah, <laughs> Sarah's, she's going to say, well, these Scottish guys in pig masks, they kidnapped us, they scared us, one cut my attorney's tendon. This silly cunt's managed to step in a bear trap we've woken up in Manchester uh, near the tram line all our stuff is I assume <laughs> somewhere in Scotland <laughs> you know, I think they could probably go back and you know they've bought this house <laughs> you know do you I mean? like, think we can get our money back <laughs> at least
0: <laughs> uh, yeah I think that's the, the okay so the ending is I, I did quite like that twist it's quite yeah, original that yeah. they the, yeah, just waking point, up in Manchester and that was yeah. the the only other bit of tension maybe is when Sarah it's daylight and she's she finds that and you can see the cars passing on the road and you think oh yeah. is she going to make it and then the Land mm-hmm. Rover comes behind her and it's over
1: yeah. and
0: then yeah all just all these people having a barbecue in this house and it's all lovely and
1: they all seem really nice as well don't they they, <laughs> they, they the do earth. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind stopping in and having a beer with those guys. This it seems that like they're having a nice <laughs> afternoon there, you know? <laughs> yeah, they've plowed their life
0: savings into this house and it's the big plan, you know, their their Audi TT's still there. And <laughs> yeah. you're right. If they are found gagged and Bloodied and Ed's got a massive head wound, you know, that Rabsy Nesbitt to be proud of. And as you say, her Achilles tendons fucked. Her, his leg must be fucked from the bear trap as well. Yeah. They're going to go to hospital. The police are going to be involved because they've been found in the middle of town. Yeah. And as you say, when they give their statements, then yeah. the police are going to be, what are they going to do? Like, will they turn up at the barbecue? No, we've always lived here. No, <laughs> no, it's, it's and that's the thing. Are the pigmen from,
1: are they the sons of the guy that died? I, I can only because assume Made clear. I can only assume yeah. that that's the case. Um, yeah, and, and there's loads of them as well, isn't there? Like that scene that you mentioned yeah. earlier, when we think she's going to make it, and then the Range Rover comes up, and then loads of them come out of the woods. And I thought, I'm thinking to myself, I thought there was like four of them because there's there's yeah. there's the one that she panels with a bit of wood. Then there's the one that mm-hmm. she stripes with the uh, with the Stanley knife, and then there's the other two: mm-hmm. the guy with the yeah. axe and the guy with the sort of uh, neckerchief thing on. Like where where mm-hmm. did the other four come from? <laughs> well, they must have
0: went and got reinforcements yeah. when they realised that they escaped. So maybe. I can only presume maybe the estate agent was one of them maybe. as well in the the pig mask. And well, they didn't really meet anyone else, did they? So no. I can only presume they went and got the reinforcements. And I did think that was me a bit cheating because, as you know, with a horror film like this or home invasion, you are kind of counting yeah. the, the number. So you're like, okay, so there's four. Well, initially there's you see the two, and then. There's three in the house, and then the one in the barn. You're like, okay, so there's four of them. So it is a little bit of a cheat yeah. for it then to turn out that there's eight of them in the end, <laughs> yeah. all surrounding her. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like, oh, for God's sake! <laughs> but uh, maybe it was the
1: rest of the people at the barbecue. Who knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it was. Coming back to Pauline McIntosh. So, have you? Did you notice that? It's as as she has good in this, you know, and she does give it. she occasionally forgets that she's supposed to be english though (laughs) now
0: very much i I find it very funny when she's talking to the estate agent who's english doing a scottish accent (laughs) and you have pollyanna mcintosh scottish doing an english accent she does come out with a couple of oh is that right (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) and yeah there are a couple of parts where she does yeah slip
1: yeah, especially when she, when the script needs her to be emotional, when she's frightened or she's looking up, she's trying to shout on Ed or whatever, her accent comes through quite strongly to the point yeah. where, yeah, it's a bit uneven. <laughs> yeah, you would think the pig men would be like, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. You're actually uh... Scottish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to come to a barbecue? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: What are you married to this <laughs> prick for? <laughs>
0: uh yeah you're right I, I did notice that a couple of times it, it must be difficult i think that's probably the most difficult time when you're doing an accent if you're trying to convey emotion or mm-hmm. try to like a you're trying to focus on something yeah. else so the accent is going to maybe slightly slip
1: i can imagine shouting in a in an affected accent is probably quite hard as well so yeah if you're scottish and you're trying to maintain an english accent you've got to shout in the english accent i imagine that's probably quite difficult
0: yeah i I could imagine that probably would be yeah i mean we could think of quite a few films and things we've seen where accents have kind of been all over the place yeah um you know i think well rob roy is a particular treat (laughs) but uh, (laughs) They're just all over the place in general Let alone when there's shouting or anything to be done
1: Uh, The parts that I did like in this the, the, The real tropes for this type of film Is when the sort of persecuted characters sort of like kind of turn on their persecutors you know like so that like, when Sarah mm. when she's trying to climb out of the window in the mm. bathroom and one of the guys grabs her by the hair and she just fucking slams mm. his head into the bathroom wall and then fucking punches him one so, so she can slip out of his grasp and get out the window and then she's she obviously gets it more than Ed does because when she whacks that guy over the head with a bit of wood she makes sure that he's fucking not getting up again you know what I mean? She absolutely yeah. destroys him. She does let herself down a wee bit when she uh, when she forgets to pick the standing knife up and after yeah. you know. But 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 when she gets a standing knife, the first thing she does when the guy attacks her is fucking slash him right across the face with it. You know yeah. what I mean? And I like it when I like that in these sort of films when you know when these when the, the kind of everyday normal people suddenly just like start fighting for their lives, and you know, and kind of turn the tables on their persecutors. And that's it. But it, it's painted out that she's very much a uh, she's she's wearing
0: the floaty summery dresses, yeah. and she's useless at DIY, and she she's too scared to go outside to get the toothbrush, and she's scared of the pig and yeah. whatnot. But as you say, fast forward a bit when she knows there's a home invasion going on, she's ripping bits of wood that have been nailed yeah. to the window, <laughs> yeah. edges like right off she's trying to squeeze through windows she's cut her hand like a big chunk of glass in her hand and she's not screaming yep. she's obviously in a bit of pain but she's not screaming she's got the the wherewithal to climb under the table and hide herself with the tablecloth as you say she shifts a massive side cabinet <laughs> yeah. to block the door <laughs> batters a couple of them and as you say she's hiding under the land rover she's um batters the guy with a bit of wood and it's like you would think in that instance she would hit him once and be like oh no what have I done but no she fucking yeah. stoves his head in <laughs> and as you've perfectly said when she picks up the Stanley knife <laughs> the first thought isn't just to hold it out and protect herself no she slashes <laughs> the guy right across the face <laughs> like, she's no damsel in distress no, she is not. absolutely I'd want her on my side um, any time um, but uh, as we um, alluded to that that part of the film is Probably one of the best parts—the the home invasion. But yeah. when she's trying to get out the window and climbing, running away, and you think she's well, you know she's not going to get out, and then yeah. has to run up the stairs away from them and barricade herself in. And of course, when she gets to the car, they've cut the wires.
1: Yeah. How do you think you would? Uh, how do you think you would equip yourself in a home invasion? <laughs> would you be? Would you be? Would you go like full-on Kevin McAllister? Or well, but
0: the thing about uh, Kevin McAllister obviously had time to prepare Um, he knew although i i'm a bit dubious as to how much time he did have because i'd only seen home alone a couple of times until i met my wife and now we have to watch it every year yeah so i've seen it a lot over the last few years and you know the the time isn't quite right if when he's at church he's like oh no i need to get back and then he sets all that up in about half an hour yeah fuck (laughs) uh however we'll we won't dwell on that um it depends have i got time or is it like this case no. of Spontan- Ed and Sarah, where they're literally just coming in spontaneous,
1: spontaneous home invasion. You've, you've all you've got to defend yourself is what <laughs> is what is at hand around. You've got a fierce thought. I suppose you've got you've, you've got you got Bobby there. He's going to be he'd yeah, yeah. be an asset would be an, an asset wouldn't he in a home invasion
0: oh he'd go right for them yeah definitely no question about that um, I don't know I guess I, f- I feel like we've covered this before on this while you talking about something like this um, I think I'd probably well my golf clubs I'd go for because yeah. they're obviously quite good a little bit of length um, <laughs> maybe try uh, we live on the seventh floor, so I'd try and use the windows to my advantage to throw them out the windows
1: ultimate warrior style just fucking <laughs> picking them yeah. up yeah <laughs> <laughs> Over the balcony. This is how I. This is how I see it going. Right. You're in, you're in by yourself with Bobby. You're just chilling. A couple of guys burst in. You're like fucking hell. You're a bit frightened at first. What sure would do? What she do? Bobby attaches his jaws to one of their bollocks. The guy mm. fucking kind of hits Bobby to get him off. You fucking mm. see red, and that's it. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, that yeah be it, yeah.
0: Then I would probably go mental. Yeah. Um. Is that like- I mean, always if i've got like 10 minutes then you know a pan of boiling water with sugar in it you know like prison style is always good but if i don't have time i mean our, our tap heats up quite quickly so yeah. maybe i might have time if i, if I hear them rattle on the door you want,
1: you want one of those instant boiling water taps that you can get now you know what i mean those <laughs> yeah.
0: it's like why do you always keep sugar next to the sink <laughs> oh in case of a home invasion you can't be too careful <laughs> <laughs> need to, to be careful with that Maybe I'll have to start burning a razor blade In at my toothbrush as well, just in case <laughs> I'm brushing my teeth no, when they burst in oh, no.
1: What, how do you think You would defend yourself in a home invasion? Fucking terribly, I don't know I'm, I think I think if the kids were in You would, you know, I'd probably discover A hitherto undiscovered Side of myself, you know what I mean But um, yeah. I think if I was home by myself I don't know, <laughs> fucking i <I'd be laughs> sobbing Take whatever you want. <laughs> Take whatever you want. I'll do whatever you want.
0: <laughs> Pretty much like Ed, basically, because yeah. he just basically vanishes. Yeah. And then... Who were they? Did they think they were Bricktop as well? Did they think that <laughs> they were trying to get that pig to eat
1: Ed? <laughs> they think it, yeah. Because he's say, stuffling about. He's saying that pig's going to eat your bollocks. He's probably not. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> Just,
0: I don't know, cover it in truffle oil or something <laughs> and uh, see if the, the pig goes off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking so I thought a kind of fun thing to do might be to have a look at our Swally tally and decide how we think our Swally tally guys would would fare in a home invasion. So I mean I, I, I will not do all of them. I'll just pick a couple. So how do you think how do you think Cosmo would uh, how do you think Cosmo would cope? You joking? Cosmo
0: would batter the fuck out of anyone <laughs> that came into his house. It's James Cosmo even now. Yeah. He would absolutely leather them and just be standing there like, what, what are you doing, boys? Yeah. And just throwing them out, like big Innes yeah. from stall Game. <laughs> That's Fe- how I imagine Cosmo.
1: big Duncan Ferguson. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, Cos- Cosmo would absolutely leather anyone that tried to break into his house. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. I can see Cosmo, he's got his, he's got his big fisherman's jumper on. You know what I mean? And he's got one of them <laughs> on a head walk. He's fucking got the other guy up against the wall by the throat. <laughs> The third guy's fucking shitting himself because he's realised that he's broken into Cosmo's house. Like, oh, fucking hell. He just let us go, mister. We didn't realise. Okay, what about what about Dave Anderson?
0: Now, we're we talking now, obviously, because yeah. he's, he's quite a, in advancing years. However, Dave Anderson is a very smooth talker. Yes, yeah. So... I think he would reason yeah. with any home intruders and they would sit and probably see his point of view yeah. and we leave. I mean, he's anything we've seen him in, he's he's quite a straight talker, but also is. very smooth. So, yeah, I think he'd talk his way out of trouble.
1: I, I think that they would break in, they would be confronted with Dave, and they'd be like, fuck, I've seen, what have you been in? You've been in something. <laughs> <laughs> and then it would all be diffused... By everybody, oh, that's right. Used to be in City Lights. Oh, I remember. And then they'd also have a, have a cup of tea. It would all be a terrible mistake. And yeah, I agree with you. Yeah.
0: What was Andy Gray really like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did
1: you have any parties with Gerard
0: Kelly? Yeah. Oh, great. Oh. <laughs> what was that catchphrase again? <laughs> Elaine C. Smith used to say in it. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, dearie me, yeah. that was it.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll do one more. We'll do one more. What about uh, Stephen McCall? Oh, well, he's been working
0: out a lot recently mm-hmm. on Instagram. I've <laughs> yep. been following and Wild swimming a, and stuff. stuff. And- yeah, he's a, when I say big lad, I don't mean he is. Yeah. He's well built yeah. and he would, yeah, my money would be on McCall definitely to fight off any attackers. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, I think he'd be a dirty fighter though.
1: Yeah. I th- I, well, I don't think he'd be dirty. I think he would do whatever it took. You know what I mean? Yeah. There'd be no sort of, uh, uh, you know, they, these guys are only 17 or 18, I don't want to hurt them too much. I don't think he'd give a fuck about that. He'd be like, I'm going to teach these little fuckers a lesson. I've got a vision
0: of, like, McCall, for some reason, like, in his house, he's got, like, a mountain bike on the wall. That, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that's where
1: he stores it. <laughs> he's got a mountain bike, like, on his on his pulley above the, above the bath. His bathroom, that's where he keeps <laughs> his bike.
0: But he's got his bike on the wall for storage reasons and then somebody breaks in and he just snaps that bike chain off and he's using that to batter the intruders. That's how I envisage
1: uh, Stephen McCall. Swinging it around his head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely brilliant. (laughs) The the one thing that all three of them have got in common is they would handle a home invasion a lot better than I would. (laughs) Or me as well, yeah. I think we can uh, can agree with that. Uh, So... White settlers
0: was nicknamed as the Scottish referendum horror, yeah, because it came out just before the referendum. Mm-hmm. And how do you think this film does cope? Would you say this was anti-English? No,
1: I, I would say that the no. I would say that the home invaders are. Well, the thing is, it's not really got any anti-English settlement at all, and there's. And it's not really defined that the home invaders have got anything against the couple being English. They, it's just that they want the house. So you could say, well, it wouldn't really matter where they came from, whether you know, whether they moved up from Glasgow, whether they moved up from London. Right? Their their objective is to get the house because they wanted it, but they couldn't afford it. Right? If I'm reading the, if I'm reading it right, I don't know. I mean, that is definitely one
0: aspect. But I also viewed it as. Th- They were slightly anti-English because the the estate agent, you know, very much kind of says at the beginning things about, she doesn't so so much say, but, you know, like in terms of outsiders or do you know anyone here or I'm sure you'll get to know people. Yeah. And for me, it's very much the the fact that the little boys running around with a Scotland top on all the time. Mm-hmm. And then when they have the barbecue at the end, there's a massive saltire above the door, which kind of struck me as, right, this is Scottish again. Yeah. None of this English crap. So I did actually view, and the fact they dumped them back in Manchester rather than drive them up to, I don't know, Sky or something. <laughs> I, I very much viewed it as kind of, you no, know, get out, you're English. You're not allowed to to live here.
1: Well, I mean possibly, I guess you I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of critics I think would agree with you from what I've seen on like Rotten Tomatoes and some of the other reviews um that I read about it. I mean, I think I, I do tend to think that if it if it had come out like a few years later I don't think that people would make that connection to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think it just happened, to, it happened yeah. to come out in 2014 which was around about the same time as the re- independence referendum in Scotland. Um, I think trying to give a, a, politi- a bit of a political context is probably treating the film with a bit more respect than it deserves, to be honest. I think it I, t- I sort of took it as a sort of fairly straightforward home invasion movie yeah. um, you know, I mean the, the fact that they're English and, and there, there's always there's, there's, there's always going to be that sort of Scottish English thing, like the old enemy and stuff, and you know you do tend to find the further north you go, the fewer English people you come across in communities and things. I guess, maybe, uh, maybe not now, um, yeah. but um, I don't think I don't, I don't. As I say, I think it's maybe just I think it's maybe giving it more credit than it deserves.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I'd read that this was in the making for quite a few years, right? So probably long before the referendum was even. Dude, you mm-hmm. know, the, the script had been written and it was kind of being passed around. So I do think that maybe, yeah, there's a bit too much written into trying to make
1: it uh, yeah the Scottish referendum film, basically. And I think, had I been the home invaders, I, think, I don't think I'd have bothered driving all the way to fucking Manchester with them. I just, I'd have probably just dropped them off at the Welcome to England sign on the, <laughs> the top of the M6. <laughs> fucking driving all the way to Manchester. Uh, clearly that's an area that's difficult to park. Because it's surrounded by fucking trams, so you have to have, you yeah. have to have to carry them for a length of time to dump them in that little part, that little square. my well, fuck that? Just fucking lay by on the uh, hard shoulder at the top of the M6. Just leave them there. That mean visually, that would have been a even better ending, right? You imagine the camera that you see them on the grass. The camera zooms out. They're lying underneath the welcome to England sign. Yeah, yeah, that's a trick. <laughs> yeah,
0: you just would have had just yeah, passerby finding them, <laughs> someone on their bike or yeah, yeah. I think it it gives more of a I don't know. I, I I kind of like the the zoom out and seeing that they're back in the busy city. Yeah, rather than yeah. Yeah, okay. in the countryside. Yeah, yeah I get it. that makes so sense. So yeah. I think that kind of you know back where you belong, get back to where you came from yeah. type thing.
1: Yeah. Do you want to hear what some of the critics said about White Settlers? Yeah, Um, why not? Anna Smith, who is a Guardian critic, says, A decent watch for the genre, with with, with suspense and a promising turn from rising star Macintosh. Hmm. But Sophie Monks-Kaufman of Little White Lies, a one-word review, simply... Forgettable. Oh. Yeah. Um, Diego Garcia from Spain says, White settles has little to offer. <laughs> um, and Alistair Hartness from The Scotsman says, fair the mediocre, boring the executed stuff, more provocative for the timing of its relief, of its release rather mm. than anything it puts on the screen. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I think I would probably agree with that. I think it, it is maybe yeah, slightly well known as to say it's nicknamed as the Scottish Referendum film and I don't know if it's forgettable I think I'll remember watching this if yeah. someone asked me yeah, probably yeah. just because i remember it for Ed being such a fucking prick <laughs> yeah.
1: but I yeah it, it's not something I'm going to be watching again Yeah, I would say one little bit that I thought they kind of missed a trick on so when they think that there's someone in the house and I think Ed shouts mm. we've called the police and I'd have loved it if a voice in the darkness came back saying no you haven't <laughs> We've called the police. (laughs) No, you have me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that would have been very good. I would have liked that. Yeah, you're right. They maybe did miss a trick in there, but it might have made it a slightly different film. (laughs) exactly. They're taking it
1: in an ultimately more entertaining direction. Yeah, very true. Very true. So do you have any more points on White Settlers, or White Settles, (sighs) as uh, Diego Garcia calls it? Shall we put it through the awards?
0: Yeah, I think so. I I don't really have anything else to cover. I think one thing we didn't mention is that in the US it was released as The
1: Bloodlands, which
0: I don't know if that's a a better name or worse. I mean... White
1: settlers is okay, but There's not a lot. Yeah. not a great deal of blood spilt in it. Although the, the one thing that no. the one thing that it does, like you know, so uh, watching violence on like in films and TV and stuff, yeah, I've pretty strong stomach, you know, like kind someone mm. if someone gets a in walked off or something, it doesn't because it's fantastical and stuff. But there's something about small injuries that makes me squirm. Like w- yeah. when when uh, Sarah gets a bit of glass in the palm of her hand, i mm-hmm. like, and, you, and there's a bit of a lingering shot of her kind of removing it i, th- I yeah. can't really look at stuff like that and then when when the guy you mentioned it earlier cuts her achilles tendon i was like oh you know yeah. um i
0: think i think it's because that's probably relatable injuries yeah, yeah, where definitely. it's getting
1: like a, a machete through your head maybe isn't it's unlikely so relatable yeah. well but, um, that, that australian kid in glasgow obviously thinks that there's a <laughs> very there's true a real risk of it for him <laughs> getting <shanked in> the <laughs> very true <laughs> Yeah, so well, yeah, so if you're if you're one of our regular listeners in uh Canada, uh hi Henry or um USA and you're looking to watch this, yeah, don't don't look for white settlers, look for the blood bands. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh
0: yeah, I think it'll be quite a short award to categories this
1: week, because there's not a lot that we could uh, actually cover. Yeah. Um okay. Well I'll fire in. Um so the Bobby the Barman Award for the best pub, no pub. No nope. pub. So um the U McGregor Award for gratuity nudity. You have to give Pollyanna McIntosh a mention. She doesn't get totally naked, yeah. but you know.
0: No, you're led to believe she's naked under her yeah. tartan blanket, so Tim- I, that's why I had the, the woods scene. There's, there's nothing else
1: in the yeah. film. They're all very tastefully done. With the James Cosmo Award for being in, in everything Scottish, I guess Pollyanna wins it by default, right?
0: Yeah, there's no one else. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure some of the The pig guys. I I mean, I looked up a few of the other pig guys, but it's their only film credit. Yeah. So they're very much extras. So yeah, Pollyanna McIntosh does win it by default, I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The Jake McQuillan, your tease award. I gave it to uh, Sarah with a plank of wood in the barn.
0: Yeah, exactly the same as yeah. me.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: the. That's very much a tease-out, the, the way she goes at it. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Francis Begbie Award for gratuitous swearing. Would you pick anything out? There's, there's not a
0: lot, really. There's a couple of words here and there. I think she calls Ed a twat at one point, which I quite liked mm-hmm. and he deserved. But the... The bit that kinda made me laugh is when two of the pigmen are chasing Ed through the woods, one of them says, Come on, you fat bastard, keep up. <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> it kinda made me laugh. Yeah, so that's the that's why I gave it to, yeah. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's not a great deal like there's there's the bit when Pollyanna calls Ed an arsehole, um mm. which is difficult to argue with. <laughs> archetypal Scottish moment. Again, kind of
0: struggled. I mean, mm-hmm. I I went for a combination of the Scotland welcomes you sign, the Highland coup, yeah. Scotland top with Tartan army in the back and the big saltire at the end. I mean, that's... I think they do try to hammer home a little bit of Scottishness yeah. in those areas, but there's nothing else really. It's, so you can kind of take your pick from those.
1: Yeah. Uh, did you have anything else that you find? Well, it it sort of depends on how you view the political element of the film, <laughs> Because, well, yeah. you know, like uh, irrational hatred of the English could potentially be, you know uh, I, I did think about that and then I shied away from putting that yeah. down No, I, yeah, no, I, I had the Highland Cow Because, I mean, although, like, as you say, it's completely on the nose I always like to see a Highland yeah. Cow, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It always cheers you up, you know, if you're driving around Scotland yeah. and You pass a field, there's a few there They're just, they're just cool as fuck, Highland Cows
0: Yeah, so, they really are
1: um, they're beautiful. All right, and then the uh Sean Connery award. So who who won the film? I think it's foregone foregone Conclusion. But what did you what did you have
0: the, the bear, the bear <laughs> trap the bear truck that, <laughs> that, that does it in. <laughs> Obviously it's Pollyanna McIntosh. There's no one else really as yeah. a standout. And she did she delivers a really good performance. She's really good. And as you say, she gives it her all of what she has to work with. But yeah. She's far and away the, the winner of this film. She's very good. say
1: the, the only moment that, and it's again, I don't think this is her fault. I think she's just doing what's written down. When she finds the Arsenal scarf later, right? So it's a red and white mm. woolen football scarf, clearly. Yeah. And she sort of unfolds it to see the word Arsenal and is horrified. You're like, well, what did you think? It, what did you think it was? <laughs> you know, well, this scarf's been getting bandied about all during the first act. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's like she, she'd opened it out and it said Man United. She'd be like, oh <laughs> you know. It could have been Aberdeen, but Aberdeen, yeah, yeah. I discarded. I just saw the A. Somebody, yeah. somebody in the way back from the Dundee United game yesterday just fucking thrown the scarf at <laughs> the bus window. <laughs> I bet that happened quite a lot. Yeah. Well, that was white settlers. No. Uh, I think you know. I think if you want to watch it, I would say it's only an hour and twenty minutes. So if you got nothing else to watch, yeah. you know, there's worse ways to spend an hour and twenty minutes. I wouldn't go out your way to watch it. <laughs> no, I
0: really wouldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't really highly recommend it. But as you say, hour and twenty minutes. If if it tickles your fancy, then yep.
1: go ahead. But yeah, yeah, I think it is available on YouTube as well. I did see it there. Oh, really? I rented it off iTunes. That's annoying. It only cost me two. Quid. Oh, did you? It only, it only cost me two quid, so I can't. I can't complain. Okay. Oh well, can't complain there. Well, that is the wonderful white settlers. Yeah. So it's your turn to choose uh, for next month, Nikki, well, or next episode, I should say. We'll, we'll be we'll be into November, hmm. so our yeah. our uh, spooktacular will be over for another year. Um, What are we watching next time on The Culture Swally?
0: Well, exactly as you said, Greg, we're going into November. And, of course, in December, we usually do a Christmas and New Year theme. So I thought that this is one of my last choices, really, for the year. So I thought, let's wrap things up a little bit nicely and not have any loose ends. So back in May, on episode 46 of The Swally, we covered series one of The Book Group. Ah. So I would like to have a look at 2003's second series and see how it compares to the first. So next episode, series two of the book
1: group. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I think I think it's in the episode. I accidentally watched the first episode, the second one, <laughs> and referenced it when we reviewed uh, the first series. But l- luckily you were there yeah. to kind of point out my mistake. <laughs> yes. So I'll. Uh, you can start watching it properly yep. this time then. wonderful
0: all right well thank you very much for listening everyone i hope my mouth wasn't too bad and i didn't slur too much i'm sure when i'm editing this i'll be able to listen back to it and probably be horrified but never mind uh so yeah thank you for listening hope you enjoyed the show if you'd like to follow us or get in touch with us you can follow us on instagram at culture pod or you can follow us on twitter at Swallypod. and if you have anything that you'd like us to review or any news stories you've seen or if you just want to get in touch with us and say hello then please feel free to on culture at gmail.com and please feel free to rate review subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts it really does
1: help and Greg we have a wonderful website as well don't we we do you can find this on uh, cultureswari.com spent a bit of time on it the other day uh, updating the episode guide uh, and things you can also get links straight to the aforementioned social media pages and our email uh, address straight off there so come and have a little look let us know what you think get in touch on the socials
0: lovely stuff well have a wonderful halloween everyone have a wonderful halloween yourself greg and enjoy the the lovely spooky season and <laughs> yeah we'll be back in november with something a bit less spooky so Indeed. thanks so much everyone thank you till next time till next time could have some cozy dinner parties in here
1: oh do you know many people in the area <sighs> not a soul <laughs> oh not to worry you'll soon meet folk scotland's a very friendly country